Hello and welcome back to the CDI podcast. I'm Shelby Fiegel, Director of the University of Central Arkansas Center for Community and Economic Development and the Community Development Institute, and I'll be your host for this episode. This is the 22nd episode of the CDI podcast, and I'm going to be joined today by Lisa Taylor, the Economic Developer for the City of Durant, and she is also appointed as the Executive Director of the Durant Industrial Authority. Lisa was formerly with us in Arkansas as the economic developer for Sevier County, and she's also a CDI graduate, PCED holder, which is the Professional Community and Economic Developer Certification, and she just recently graduated from the CDI 2020 Advanced Year. Lisa, that was a mouthful, but uh, thank you so much for joining me today on the CDI podcast all the way from Oklahoma. All the way from Oklahoma. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity uh, to come in and talk about how much I love CDI and, and where it's taken me in my career. Well, we're so excited to have you and learn a little bit more about you and your role in Durant and kind of your background. So that's where we always want to start these conversations off is what is your background? How did you end up uh, where you are today, Lisa? Give us the full story. Well, well, funny story. I won't bore you too much, but the funny story is about 20 years ago, I was cutting hair in my own beauty shop in Antlers, Oklahoma. And uh, we owned horses at home and I had an accident and I could no longer stand and uh, hold my arms up and do hair all day long. So one of my clients was changing jobs, changing careers and told me about an opportunity at the local chamber of commerce. So uh, I went and applied for the job and uh, kind of the rest is history. I fell in love with uh, every aspect of community and economic development I really enjoy being a part of the community and seeing things grow, um, empowering people to, uh, you know, make those changes in their community. And, and, you know, we grew that chamber to, it went from my uh, individual position of 20 hours a week uh, to myself and four full-time people. And uh, we actually took on the, the local Main Street program with that. Uh, so it was a really great seven years there at the Chamber of Commerce. From there, I went to work for the State Health Department in uh, wellness coordinating for the local counties in southeast Oklahoma. Did that for about six years and then went on to work for the Tobacco Settlement Endowment Trust in Oklahoma City. And uh, the last two years I've been in Sevier County, Arkansas as their economic development director, really engaged the community in, uh, you know, getting involved and uh, kind of taking, taking their part in uh, economic development initiatives. Uh, about six months ago, I was recruited to the city of Durant, and here I am. Well, Lisa, I had no idea that you used to do hair. I always find out the coolest stuff about people that we have on the podcast. I've known you for a while now and had no idea that was your background. Um, and I always say, uh, typically people in this field literally fall into their positions and uh, fall in love with the field and love, uh, you know, engaging their communities and making the impact like you talked about. Um, and that's exactly, you know, the story you kind of were able to tell me. And so we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, your past work in D Queen in Arkansas. And then we're going to talk about some things that you're doing in Durant. So first and foremost, I want to talk about D Queen. Um, or Sevier County, I should say. Um, I, I say Dequeen because this spe specific question was related to the city of Dequeen in Sevier County. So we actually partnered uh, with you all there to do a walk audit in partnership with Craft and Tull. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about how that walk audit was beneficial and how you all used that report to make decisions at the local level. 
Yeah, so that was a great opportunity. We had Dave Roberts from Craft and Toll that came down, uh, as well as I believe you were there, Shelby, uh, in our town for the walk audit. Uh, we had several local leaders, our mayor, our county judge, uh, our chamber of commerce uh, director, all came out for the effort. And we had a short presentation there at City Hall, and then we all just kind of went out and started walking around downtown. Uh, Dave did a great job of pointing out uh, you know, uh, problems with the crosswalks, uh, handicap spots, uh, parking spots, and how we needed to uh, kind of redesign how those spots were laid out. Um, and, and it really opened our eyes to why the lines are out next to the parking spots for the handicapped and why you need that space in between so people can be loading or unloading uh, wheelchairs or other equipment. Uh, we found places that were a hazard even for us uh, to walk around, much less someone trying to get around in a wheelchair or crutches uh, in the downtown area. So when Dave left, he, uh, you know, left an excited crew there at uh, DeQueen ready to make some changes. Uh, our county judge contacted me, I think a week later, and uh, told me that they had cleaned up the, the sandy area that was causing a problem, uh, repainted some crosswalks in their parking lot, so that was great. But what happened in the, in the months after that was just very awesome uh, at the local level. Um, it opened our eyes to other areas of the community. And a good example of that is uh, the local Rotary Club has taken on the initiative of developing an inclusive playground in our Harmon Dirks Park there in, in uh, DeQueen. And uh, what that is, is it's a park that includes uh, playground equipment and uh, fall zone material and such that makes it, uh, you know, accessible to children of all abilities. So, you know, when you think about, um, and I'm just gonna say the word, the, when you think about handicapped uh, individuals, who have uh, you know, disabilities that keep them from using playground equipment, you're thinking mostly about wheelchairs, but there are a lot of other um, you know, disabilities. Uh, for example, there are children or adults who have uh, autism. And uh, if anyone has been around a child with autism, especially a nonverbal child who can't communicate, uh, you know, having fencing around your playground is very, very imperative because they tend to run. They run for just randomly for no reason. And uh, we have a local school there in DeQueen that uh, serves that, uh, serves individuals with disabilities. And they have shared with us that they can't take their children to the playground because it, it's not a safe environment for all of their children. So we've got that project that has kicked off as a result of that. Another thing it did was it brought uh, people together that normally wouldn't work together or see each other in, in, in daily dealings. So that was a really good, good effort. And, you know, that was all thanks to uh, CDI um, because I was attending CDI. And at the end, uh, I completed the little survey uh, requesting additional services. And I was just uh, flabbergasted when we received the notification that DeQueen had been selected for a walk audit. So I did. A, I do appreciate that. If I didn't say it before, I appreciate that. No, you definitely, uh, we love uh, being able to connect with our graduates and participants um, through the additional services that 
um, the center provides um, outside of CDI. And Lisa, that was a really great overview of why, you know, what what can happen when you complete a walk audit in your community. And um, I think that that's, you know, a wonderful project that the city of Dequeen is working on in the Rotary Club. And it just goes to show you never know when you complete those assessments, kind of what's going to come out of it. And I think that you made a good point to say bringing those you know, unique voices together to the table to talk about what you can do to support your citizens and um, really creating that engagement and pinpointing uh, what the best project to work on is going to be. And um, I think that playground is just going to be a super um, benefit to the community of Dequeen, but also the surrounding area. Um, So thank you for sharing that with me. And so now we're going to switch over to the city of Durant. Um, You mentioned something really cool to me that I had not heard before when you were at the CDI Advanced Year um, that first week of August, uh, something called geoconquesting. And so you were able to tell me a little bit about this, but I really wanted to share it with our audience. So what is geoconquesting and how can you use it in your community? Okay, so... About a year ago, year and a half ago, one of our uh, one of our local volunteers, Keisha McKinney, there in uh, DeQueen, Arkansas, she and I uh, started working together. She's absolutely amazing. She's a, a professional blogger, mostly for tourism things in uh, Arkansas. She lives in DeQueen now, and she and I were talking about uh, how to better market our community. And she had mentioned geofencing. I really started looking into that a lot. And uh, recently, during some of my research, I came ac- across this term geoconquesting and looked it up. And I'm just sold on the fact that every community, every business owner needs to be using this technique. So if you're not familiar with it, geofencing first, um, let, me st- let me start by giving you an example. So for geofencing, Shelby, let's say you and I are each in the same community and we each own a car lot. We're car salespeople, okay? So geofencing would be if if I wanted to geofence and get some marketing out there that way, I would get on um, on the internet and I would market or push my ads to everyone that comes to my car lot. So if 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 anybody has Facebook, for example, and they come onto my car lot, um, you you may have noticed this on your phone. If you go somewhere and you leave, like for the next week, you're seeing ads about that place pop up on your on your Facebook feed or your other social media, or even if you're um, you know on the internet with Google, you'll see those ads pop up for that place. So that's geofencing. I could use that geofence my place, and everyone that comes onto my car lot would get my ads for a predetermined amount of time. So geoconquesting is. If Lisa's car lot does that geofencing, but they, but I would geofence Shelby your car lot, and everyone that came onto your car lot would start getting my ads for a predetermined amount of time. That's conquesting. That's going out and going after your customers at the point of time that they are actually looking for the product or service that I am offering. So uh, an, a good example of how this could be in, used in a community. Um, I'll give the example that Durant is located by uh, several lakes in the areas, campgrounds, uh, a lot of um, well-known attractions to uh, to go to. Um, so that's an opportunity to bring people 
downtown, for example, to check out uh, all of our stores in the downtown. We have a, a dedicated Main Street district. Um, so that would be an opportunity for us to grab some of that audience that's coming in to see these other attractions and pull them downtown for our business owners. So what we would do is go out and geofence or geoconquest each of these other uh, you know, touristy areas and everyone that goes there would start receiving those ads while they're there visiting our community. It would pull them in the downtown area to start shopping in our stores. It's a very yeah. cool technique. Yes, I'm excited I, about it. I had heard <laughs> of, uh, you know, geocaching and geofencing and uh, when you talked about geoconquesting, I was like, what in the world? But I think that this concept is just fascinating. And like you said, I think a lot of our uh, businesses and uh, organizations in our, especially rural communities could really benefit from this technology. And just thinking about how a lot of interstate runs through a lot of our communities and our downtowns are always a little bit off the interstate, but if we could create, you know, uh, or encourage businesses to try to geo-conquest those areas around the interstate to pull people down to their little shop, their unique shop, their unique, um, you know, lunch spot, um, you know, a lot of tourists are always, or travelers are always oh, looking wow. for somewhere great to eat. Um, it's just something to consider and think about. And so, I am really glad we brought this up because I'm sure a lot of people did not know that that technology exists. Um, and so hopefully that we're getting their wheels spinning about how they could yes. use that. Um, hey, and really there's, there's no shame in hiring experts to do right. this for you. You know what you want to do. Uh, there are companies out there, marketing firms and such that will, uh, you know, help you understand it more um, and help you better define your target areas and uh that way you're not wasting a lot of extra money because um, geoconquesting and geofencing both those are really about uh honing in on your target customer so right so I if you don't feel comfortable hire somebody <laughs> yeah and i think that that'd be a great opportunity for maybe some of our tra uh, chambers to provide training to businesses um, about these concepts and connect them with those experts um, so thanks, Lisa, for letting me bring that up and talking about it for a little bit. Um, so we always want to, this is the CDI podcast, right? It's Community Development Institute podcast. So the last question we ask all of our, um, all of our interviewees that come on uh, is about CDI. And so, like I said at the beginning, you are a recent graduate of our CDI advanced year class, and we worked in BB this year. So I just want to get your perspective of what did you learn um, about um, you know, through the process of the advanced year and what was that experience like? So I can't talk about CDI advanced year unless I go back and talk about years one through three. Uh, if you are involved in your community in any way or you want to be involved in your community in any way, it is well worth the time and effort to go through CDI years one through three. Uh, obviously, I went to CDI because I was interested in the PCED uh, certification. Uh, but I'm so glad that that uh, CDI is offered. Uh, you know, you can read a book, you can take an exam, you could, you know, it might be hard, you'd have to do a lot of studying, but you could probably get through an exam if you study the book really hard, talk to some people. But man, the um, just the, the networking opportunities, the real life experiences that are shared throughout class by your classmates, um, just the diversity of the people that go through CDI. It's just a great learning experience. Um, I did fast track and I, you know, I did that because I was in a hurry to get my PCED out of the way. 
Um, obviously, I'm working on my master's degree. I've got a lot going on in my life. So I was just ready to get it done and over with. Um, so I did go, uh, I fast tracked, went somewhere else out of state for year two of it. So I didn't get to graduate with the same class that I started with, which it had good parts and bad parts. I mean, I got to meet a lot more people and do a lot more networking, but I missed out on that bonding experience that you really get with uh, your classmates if you stay in the same class. Um, advanced year, they did, uh, they, they welcomed me in, <laughs> didn't originally belong in their class, but uh, advanced year was taking everything that we read about in the book, every question we had on the exam that we had to answer, every, um, you know, every one of our experiences that we had through years one and three, uh, learning wise, we were able to put that to practice and see what it would look like in the community, actually, uh, you know, assessing the community and going back and making real recommendations to residents, hearing their concerns and addressing those concerns uh, in a way that was appropriate to them um, and learning how to get our message across to our audience. Uh, depending on who the audience member was, we would, you know, learn how to reframe our message for that. So it was just a great experience. Phoebe's a great little town. They have a lot going on. Uh, it was very exciting meeting all of them and, and just kind of going in and uh, seeing what's going on in town, hearing the different opinions about everything, and then going back and, and uh, telling them about our, uh, our BB Bites and our Vanguard visions. That was just so much fun. Uh, but then hearing, hearing comments back from the community members after we left, that was really uh, rewarding uh, just to know that we were able to give them some uh, vision or hope for the future of what BB could become because they, they really do. They have a lot of great things going on. Uh, they just need to uh, start leveraging that a little better. Yeah, we had a really great time in uh, BB and my staff is uh, also really excited about that experience because we, we typically don't uh, get to engage with the advanced year on a deep level at CDI. But since we had a very unique year this year uh, with years one, two, and three having to be canceled due to COVID, uh, we were able to really get um, involved and be a part of that class and get to connect with you all on a much deeper level. And it was it was really great. We really enjoyed ourselves um, and enjoyed the the process uh, that we went through and working with the community leaders and BB. And we're really hoping to follow up with them as well um, based off that foundation that the advanced year was able to build. Um, so Lisa, I want to wrap this up by thanking you again so much for joining me on the podcast today. I know it's, this is, uh, being recorded on a Friday and it's hard to, you know, get a lot of good work done, but I really appreciate you taking time out of your Friday to visit with me. And, um, I've loved having our conversation today. I've learned a lot, uh, that I did not know, especially about you. And I hope that our audience also learned a lot through this conversation. So thank you again for joining me. Oh, thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Oh, yeah. So I just want to let everybody know that's listening on upcoming episodes. The CDI podcast will feature CDI graduates and participants, community partners, and community and economic development experts from across Arkansas and the Mid-South. We hope you join us next week on the CDI podcast. <music>